Hello, and welcome to Book Club of One. I am Jacob, a librarian, and through the course of a year I read a lot of books. Join me as I detail and share my impressions of the books that have entertained or educated me the most. All caught up on the Reading Soon books, and a lot more has been read from the To Read pile lately. Hopefully both of these will continue, particularly as we get in towards the summer. This month's Brando Sando book will probably be Skyward, but we'll talk about that next episode. Right now, there are a few net galley tiles to get through for my ebook reading. And how do you prefer to consume books? Audiobook, ebook, or print? Love Goes to Buildings on Fire Five Years in New York That Changed Music Forever. It's written by Will Hermes, a white American author, broadcaster, journalist, and critic who has written extensively about pop music. He is a longtime contributor to Rolling Stone and NPR's All Things Considered. His work has also appeared in Spin, New York Times, The Village Voice, The Believer, GQ, Salon, Entertainment Weekly, and many other publications. This is his first book, though in 2005 a collection of his writings for Spin was published. Love Goes to Buildings on Fire is a history of the music culture of New York from 1973 to 1977 encompassing major releases and influential artists in the punk, rock, hip-hop, jazz, disco, and salsa scenes. And this has been on my to-read list since 2016. My best guess is that it was mentioned in Nick Hornby's Ten Years in the Tub, A Decade Soaking in Great Books, a collection of Hornby's columns in the periodical Believer from 2003 to 2013. So compared to many books focused on music genres, this one has a much broader scope seeking to explore multiple genres across a set span of time. Again, we're not following the career of particular artists necessarily or focused on specific genres. We're looking at a city across a set span of time. And this is both a blessing and a curse. Hermes is definitely a fan who wants to everyone to know the history, intercutting his narrative with snippets of his personal life during some of the events detailed. And when it succeeds, this book shows the ways different scenes could influence or inspire one another, or even the ways the scenes were reacting against one another. Unfortunately, it doesn't always have the space to explore all the scenes in equal depth. We learn a good bit about major figures and groups such as Bruce Springsteen, Grandmaster Flash, Patti Smith, Philip Glass, Blondie, and Talking Heads, whose song gives the book its name, and many other artists. It also ties in the events and history of New York City, popular and political events, such as mayoral changes, infrastructure and crime woes, and the son of Sam Gillings. It is a book for those with little knowledge of music history or those with a subject-specific interest, whose, those seeking the history of specific genres would be better served elsewhere. For example, those looking at a more in-depth view of the history of hip-hop would find Ed Pisker's hip-hop family tree much more useful as an example. The Paradox Hotel by Rob Hart, a white American author and former journalist. He worked as a political reporter and communications director for a politician and was a commissioner for the city of New York before focusing on just writing. His short stories have appeared in a variety of publications, including Best American Short Stories in 2015 and 2017, and From a Certain Point of View, The Empire Strikes Back, 
collections of short stories about Star Wars. He writes short stories, crime thrillers, and science fiction. In 2017, he collaborated with James Patterson for the novel Scott Free. His 2018 novel, The Warehouse, has been optioned by director Ron Howard. The Paradox Hotel is a world where time travel is accessible for the wealthy to have truly unique vacations. Those about to or recently returned from their trip stay at the Paradise Hotel, and January Cole is the head of security. When we join Cole and the hotel, the U.S. government has decided to privatize time travel, and the richest people in the world are gathering at Paradox for a summit to stake their claim to see who will control it. And unfortunately for Cole, she's found a dead body in one of the rooms that only she can seem to see. Is it a ghost, or have all Cole's travels through time begun to affect her brain? I first learned of this book through the Tor Books email newsletter article about all the new sci-fi books being released in February 2022. And this is a great concept. Who wouldn't want to read about a time cop? Hart gets some good mileage from this, detailing the challenges of rich over prepared tourists attempting to blend in with bronzer or blackface and the staff's reaction to those, or dealing with the smuggler trade in prehistoric creatures, or even those histories of enthusiasts who want to meet the figures they revere so much. Cole is suffering from a condition described in the novel as being unstuck, where one who has time-traveled extensively begins to experience time out of sync hearing or seeing things before they've happened as the case uh, disease or mental effect continues, eventually someone becomes bedridden, completely unsure or able to react to the events around them. She is not, January Cole is not yet to that point, however. Cole is also still reeling from the sudden loss of her girlfriend who died in an accident at the hotel, which is a major plot point, and a recurrent theme is what makes a family. The time period we're exploring in the narrative winds up being the perfect terrible storm. The mysterious dead body, a summit of the wealth, some wealthiest people in the world, and time dilation effects making events in the hotel happen faster than they might otherwise have. It's a very stressful time for Cole, who does not have the confidence of her higher-ups. And as great as the setting and mystery in this are, particularly the concept, the resolution of the plot is much more focused on Cole's personal growth and acceptance than the skills necessary for solving the mystery. The Hearing Trumpet. Lenora Carrington was a British-born Mexican artist, playwright, and author. She lived much of her adult life in Mexico City and was one of the last surviving participants of the surrealistic art movement. She was also a founding member of the Women's Liberation Movement in Mexico during the 1970s. This edition of the book featured an afterword by Olga Tokachok, who we talked about extensively last episode. So visit episode 69 if you're curious about her biography. The Hearing Trumpet is focused on Marion Leatherby, a near-deaf woman in her 90s who has enjoyed her life and currently lives with her son and his family. When her best friend gifts her a hearing trumpet, she can selectively hear, and after being moved to an old age home run by a self-improvement cult, survives the apocalypse. I learned of this book through the New York Review Books newsletter. This was their January 2021 book club selection. And it is an amusing book fueled by its own constantly changing logic. 
what begins as a story about one elderly woman gets much weirder as it continues. Goes from the small family drama to life in a bizarre retirement community to a murder mystery to a digression uh, into the quest to find the Holy Grail and then ends with the end of the world. Facts mentioned at one point are often changed when revisited. For example, one of the narrator's friend's sisters is described multiple ways until we actually meet her to find her nothing like any of the prior descriptions. Much of this book is about the ways we do or do not hear information or, in general, connections. Marion is happy to be in her room with her cats, but her family hates her presence, particularly her grandson. In the retirement home, there are some characters who speak unceasingly, and yet they are ignored. Would your best friend offer to break you out of the retirement home? We should all be so lucky to have a Carmela in our lives. Sleeping Giants by Sylvan Nouvelle, a white Canadian science fiction writer. Past jobs Nouvelle has held include journalism, soil decontamination, selling ice cream, selling furniture, teaching linguistics in India, and software engineering. He received a PhD in linguistics from the University of Chicago, and this book was his debut novel, honored on several best of the year lists, and was a finalist for the 2017 Audi Awards in Science Fiction and the Compton Crook Award, and the 2016 Best Science Fiction Book on Goodreads. It is about a group of scientists and U.S. government-affiliated agents seeking to understand and track down pieces of a giant robot that were scattered across the Earth. And this was recommended to me by a friend, and in preparing my notes for this episode, I learned that I also have his 2021 book, A History of What Comes Next, in my to-read pile. And this is written as a series of interview transcripts with the occasional news report or other documents, akin to how World War Z was presented. At the center is Rose Franklin, who we first meet as a child who fell into a hole in the earth that revealed the first mysterious object. After the prologue, we meet her many years later as a physicist leading the second team working to crack the carvings found in the pit she fell in as a child. Copy on the front of the book compares it to The Martian and World War Z, as, as was already mentioned, and it does share some commonalities with those. It is much more science-focused uh, than World War Z might have been on its own, and it is first-person focused, and the unfolding events are told through multiple characters' viewpoints. But due to this, and as in World War Z, we're often reading about the events that have already happened, and the hearing of what occurred, what happened, how the characters feel about it. So while, yes, we are seeing them sometimes shortly after the events, we're still dealing with them after they've had some time to adjust to circumstances. As with many science fiction books focused on mysterious objects being explored and experimented on, there are questions. Who, globally, nationally, as a people, should get to control this object? Does it mean we're not alone in the universe? Is it better to experiment and learn, or do we leave Pandora's box unopened? And finally, if you build it, will they come? This is the first book in a trilogy, and I am very interested to see where it goes next. And while we won't revisit it as part of the show, we might have a little snippet in an upcoming show notes about where the series goes from here. The Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel, a white Canadian novelist and essayist. Originally playing a career in dance, she began writing what would become her first novel in 2002. 
She is the author of six novels. Her previous book, The Glass Hotel, was selected as one of President Obama's favorite books of 2020, and was also a finalist for the Skoda Bank Giller Prize. Her 2014 book, Station Eleven, has been honored with the Arthur C. Clarke Award, the Toronto Book Award, and was a finalist for the Penn Faulkner Award and the National Book Award in Fiction. Station Eleven was also adapted into a limited series for HBO Max, premiering December 2021. The Sea of Tranquility is about three individuals separated by centuries who have all heard the notes of a violin echoing in an airship terminal. Gaspari Jacques Roberts is determined to find out how and why. And I became aware of this book through following uh, St. John Mandel's career since having read Station Eleven. So this is our second or third time-spanning slash science fiction book of the episode, An Unexpected Theme. Those who have read Mandel's The Glass Hotel will see some of that book's cast here again, and for those who haven't, you won't miss out on too much. It is explained quite thoroughly. But it is a book about loneliness and purpose. We might give in to impulse, but what are the consequences? Our first character, Edwin St. Andrew, gives in to impulse at a dinner party and is cast out of his family home in perhaps one of the most amusing uh, parts of dialogue in this book. Olive Luen is on a book tour on Earth, missing her family on the moon. She is promoting her earlier best-selling book about a pandemic. As with Sleeping Giants, if you were given the power or option to solve a mystery, would you pursue it, regardless of the risks or changes it might cause? And I haven't talked a whole lot about this book because in some ways it's short and I don't necessarily want to give away too much. So questions I'm left with with the book that might hopefully spur you to read it is, in this world, who do you trust? Your employer or your family? And this episode's Reading Soon or In Progress book is Burning Questions, Essays and Occasional Pieces 2004 to 2021 by Margaret Atwood. In over 50 pieces, Atwood demonstrates the wide range of her writings, knowledge, and interests. Centered on answering, quote, burning questions, end quote, such as, why do people everywhere in all cultures tell stories? How much of yourself can you give away without evaporating? How can we live on our planet? Is it true, and is it fair? And what do zombies have to do with authoritarianism? All these and more questions Atwood explores in these essays that are either book introductions, speeches, or other short writings. This has been another episode of Book Club of One. Thank you for listening. I welcome constructive criticism and book recommendations, or even if you found a book through this episode and want to share the story, feel free to reach out through Instagram and Gmail at Book Club of Uno. Book Club of One is recorded and distributed by Anchor.fm. And remember, no one should be shamed for reading.